0: Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way. This is a podcast for serious writers who want to develop their skills in artistry and stand out in a crowded industry by taking intelligent, creative risks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I hold a PhD in literature. I'm the author of uh, numerous books, and I take a very analytical approach to art making, emphasizing both efficiency and experimentation.
1: His his, uh, name is in all of the credits of our podcast there. so i'm sitting here in electric monk
0: media studios uh it, it's just this room <laughs> <laughs> there's more than one room there's a couple of rooms there's a few rooms but um with uh michael sanders uh, of electric monk media director and general photographer and general creative uh, media power
2: i don't know if i'm player. a photographer anymore Ball.
0: He some pretty I'm good Mike, look, Mike did my um, uh, author photos that I post everywhere. Uh, Gregory Kemicic, uh writer, illustrator. and do well. Ne'er do well. Also, I believe, a media company now. I'm technically a media company, although I don't do anything. I, I, I But I do have a business <laughs> name.
1: Martian, you don't Martian don't Embassy Media Here's is you my doing business something. Is it incorporated? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a doing business as. My business name is so Jonathan Ball. So you have a number company. <laughs> not, I know,
0: like, I, I have a business number of John. It's not yeah. incorporated, no. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a. Sole proprietorship. Sole proprietorship. Business number,
1: doing business as Jonathan Ball. Doing business, I'm, I'm yeah. Jonathan Ball, is the business yeah. name. Yeah.
0: Doing business as Martian Embassy Media. Uh, and Jesse Hamill, who's probably also a media company. <laughs> Everybody's a media company. It costs you 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse hey, Hamill, uh, uh, muse.
3: What do you call, call us? A musician, sound recordist. I a, would say uh, composer and sound designer. Um, I also do motion graphics and animation stuff. But uh, in terms of the projects I've done with these guys, I've been a composer and sound designer. Nice. And uh, yeah. And we a
1: just, perpetrator of internet emmophobia, I would say. Okay. And
0: Mike, uh, Mike and Greg uh, and Jesse have. Worked on this movie, uh, which we just watched, called uh, "Love Song," which you know the sh- short film that they're going to be releasing whenever I guess they release it. And Mike had asked me to come over uh, with him and watch the cut and give some feedback on it. And then I thought, well, why not piggyback onto this feedback train? Uh, me getting feedback on a short film script of my own, uh, which I'm you know looking to Mike to maybe direct. If which I am um, reading right Greg's now. Greg's currently right? reading at the moment, and I thought, you know, uh, in the spirit of double tasking, which I talked about in previous uh, podcasts, I would record the feedback uh, on the script for my notes and also uh, for the edification of my dear listeners. Uh, because I remember when uh, I was saying to Greg earlier, like I remember when I was, you know, kind of just starting out with things, that I'd be listening to interviews or reading interviews with people, and they would talk about things like getting feedback on their work. It's like, oh, I, would get, I got feedback on work from this person and that person. But then we never get into like what that was and what it entailed. Um, so we just gave feedback uh, on Love Song. And one of the things that I noticed there, which I always notice whenever, you know, quote unquote, pros are giving feedback to one another. It's almost always like formal concerns. Like you'll get into thematic ideas a little bit. You know, when we did at that point, but it's often always like things like, Oh, I wish that was a little faster. I wish that was a little slower. Could you take that thing out? You know, that shot would be nice to match with this shot. Like it's often these very formal technical things and it's not the kind of stuff that you'll often um, hear people talk about. Like they'll talk about these high level um, concepts and they'll, you know, get into um, they'll just get into like they won't get into shop talk so much. Like there's this idea that I think people have that shop talk is boring. Only other you know people want to hear shop talk. Maybe that's true, but I think it's unfortunate because you don't really get um, exposed to shop talk that much so I thought this would be kind of you know useful for me and fun for people listening to just hear a bit of shop talk so I'm just literally going to have Mike uh, as like you know director give me like his directorial notes on this script (laughs) and like you know like what would he advise in terms of the script Um, Greg you know as a reader uh, Writer, et cetera, you know, just giving, he literally just finished reading the script. Like, give me, yep. like,
1: first impressions on the draft. Of the well, and for the sake of your listener, Jesse uh, is... hasn't read it, but, you
0: know, if he wants to jump in with anything or even reread it. So he it's he seven
1: couldn't. pages, so it's really six, because this is just it's a very short, page. It's yeah.
0: again, it's a short film script. It's called Mask. It's, uh, you know, it's basically three scenes. I like to write short films in three scenes, even, you know, whether I expand or not in later drafts, I like to just boil everything down to three scenes, the beginning, middle, end because I think that uh, generally it's just a decent policy for a short film to be able to have a really simple expression of itself. Um, Whether or not you want to develop that or expand on it at some later point. I'm also just thinking ahead uh, to some future world where I would have a bunch of different short films maybe connected in some sort of anthology type way. But anyways, um, the point is, so Mask is effectively, like the draft right now, the way it looks is... You've got a scene where this character is in a store, I, and I'll just maybe post this early draft for people to read. If you go to uh, jonathanball.com slash uh, 22, you can, you know, you know just read this version of the script and see what I'm talking about.
3: But in, an, in a
0: nutshell, you've got a scene where... Wait, wait, let me do it, because I just... great. You, let's see if I get it actually, right. Actually, this is a really good um, experiment. If you're ever looking for feedback, I say this a lot in my creative writing classes... Let somebody else read your work and then tell you back the plot. Yeah. You'll see right away do people understand, understand your plot. Yeah, so I so literally really tell us what happens in masks. It's like
1: minutes old since I've read it, uh, as far as I can tell. And like reading a script is a little bit different than reading a short story because of the scene direction, and you can skim for the dialogue and then look at the direction. But in the broadest strokes, someone comes into a costume shop. They want to buy a mask. They are disappointed because none of the popular masks are there, but there's one that stands out for the person. And then we cut to them, I guess, having got the mask. It's not; it's sort of unclear in some weird nebulous space, like some dream world. And uh, has the mask. The mask is clearly the menacing force inside the darkness of the scene. And then they go to a Halloween party and We'll talk about Sarah in a minute. I got issues with Sarah. I know know she's only eight minutes old to me, but I have issues with Sarah. And then he tries to take off the mask and tries to clear, wash it away, and it leaves marks on his face, which we see are cracks, and then the cracks on his face become wounds which he pulls off and then his face comes loose and then there's the monster of the mask so that's underneath.
0: not precisely the plot so already i know i've got a problem with dra- scripting it it's right. very close but like what it is is he's at this you know shop he's fascinated by this particular mask which um he ends up uh, not buying it uh going to you know just kind of weirdly disturbed by it going to buy like just she just buys a generic sort of you know family op- like a mask does some makeup goes to this party Again, he's just wearing some other mask now he's left this mask he ends up leaving the party to go find the washroom he enters some sort of weird like surreal kind of nightmare hallway where instead of like getting to the washroom down this darkened hallway he just keeps walking Um, and it just gets impossibly long and can't hear the party anymore finally at the end of this like really dark hall space this door opens in the distance and the person wearing the mask steps through is looking at him they kind of you know have this moment then he le the, the masked person leaves he follows kind of somewhat reluctantly that's the door out of this kind of you know vague surreal space goes back to the normal party then he's you know home with you know his girlfriend or whatever um goes into the bathroom just to wash his mask off like, like his his normal makeup off Sees like these after underneath his makeup some cracks in his skin starts to like investigate them peels them back the mask that he didn't purchase but had seen on somebody else at the party in this surreal space is now underneath his skin, Um, so uh, that's sort of the basic thing. Now Greg, one thing Greg's going to get to here is that I've got this uh, like you've got basically two, two characters this main character uh I forget his name but like some man and then this uh, woman Thomas uh, and Sarah His like you know personally he's uh, meets at the party or his girlfriend or whatever um Sarah um so I just kind of generically you know put it like this guy and Sarah one thing I was gonna ask coming in here maybe you you want to dive into this idea Greg is I, I'm looking at it and just seeing like the genders of these characters doesn't matter I can switch the genders to swap them around or change you know I could have two women I could have two men I, I could do whatever I can't decide if they I just put like placeholder genders in. I don't feel the gender is significant in terms of it could be easily changed. Um, and so one question I was gonna ask you guys, uh, maybe I just wanna start with it, is like, do you think I should switch some genders around or just be the, mindful of the genders in? The storekeeper
1: has more right now, as it sits, the storekeeper is a more interesting character with less lines and presence than Sarah, who is sure. present through the whole film. Do you think I need her at all? is one question. You like, need like, somebody. Forget about genders
0: for a second, but like, do I need somebody in that position? You need a somebody in that position. You need a like, you, need you need
1: somebody. Do you think
0: it matters whether I have a main character who is male or female in any particular manner?
1: Um, like in this particular idea? I think whatever you pick, you just have to stick to it. I think the goal here is that you have your character who is suffering the mystery of the mask, whatever yeah. that is, and then you need someone to be us and feel the shock and horror. of it. Okay, so right? she needs. And I feel like whether, that it's, whether it's her, whether Sarah is her roommate, his roommate pal from college from a million years ago, or his girlfriend. You see that as the identification. You need the them part. to be horrified by what they see, and there's not, there's no, yeah, yeah. there's no room for them to be scared or me to be scared because they're not fleshed out enough. Because it just cut, it just sort of cuts the end it's like, oh my god, his face is a mask underneath. Sure, it sure. creates a mystery, but I want. Their reaction, if her reaction is less of, like right now, she's just like his somewhat inebriated girlfriend. So, you think it should continue be
0: longer than that like it should continue past that point, yeah, in with, uh, with that character in more of a sense,
2: but it just has to maybe be a shot past that point, it doesn't yeah. have to be, like, doesn't have to be longer. But do you what think I'm that saying, that
1: needs more build. Previous, here's what I, Here's what I'd say you have to show the regular world first, right? The regular yeah. world of their relationship before you show, got it, right? And so. That part. So maybe I need,
0: need an earlier scene. Yeah. Show them as the a great party. couple. Show them as uh, a terrible hallway.
1: couple, but show them interacting somehow in a real way. Yeah, I can see that. So right. structurally, maybe
0: I have a scene prior to the hallway sequence with the two of them, because she only gets established as a character at the end of that, that scene. The the um. Like the way she, basically it's three scenes right now. So like first scene is him in the shop. Second scene is him at the party.
1: She gets established at the end of that scene. <laughs> then they're at home. He does. <laughs> Why, did, why does he need to show up in a different mask? Why doesn't he just buy... Why, you have this great joke about, hey, do you have a Michael Myers mask or something? And the guy looks at him and he's like, no, it's sold out. Then it cuts to the party. There, the obvious jump there is that he's stuck with this mask he didn't want, and he puts up with it at he the party. He does want it. Right, he wants it, but he wants to be popular, right? Well, he wants the popular mask. He's stuck with the mask he actually liked. He puts well, it on, it would be startling, it would be a little more interesting, then he goes into Isn't the dark corridor. Is it more like though,
0: if he, like, is, if he doesn't think he has the mask? No, <laughs> you don't <laughs> have enough time.
1: You don't think so? No, it's just confusing yeah, instead of being... Confusing. Like, it would be uh, more terrifying if he kept saying no to the mask, and it was all... Like, he'd gone... If you had three scenes where he went to mask stores, and he kept trying to buy Michael Myers masks, and when he opens the package, it's always this fucking mask right? Then you'd have some weird, you could build up some suspense, but right now it just becomes confusing that he shows up at the party in a Phantom of the Opera mask after asking for a Michael Myers mask, and then underneath that he mask, too much. and then who's the guy who shows up at the party with the mask on, right? But it's not an interesting enough mystery to me. I'll now, to keep in mind, dear listener,
3: so I'm only ten minutes old.
1: Well, well, Mike has uh, uh, had it for longer. And I think that there's, more
2: there's three scenes, but I think that and that's good. You said before you think. Probably well, I think it should be, more be three sequences. I think yeah. that it should. I think that you. I think it's too thin. I think that there could be more. I want to know more about the guy, and I think that you can. I think so, you need to bring some character development in for her as well earlier. So. What do you
0: want to know about the two of
2: them? Um, I like, think just I would just reiterate light. what Greg said. I think I just I want more of a sense of their normal life, and then I think it needs that's just going to set you up to for a much stronger juxtaposition at the end. Yeah, the sure. arrival of the supernatural. And I think the, the mass, middle. You
0: think he's delayed more, and I think the the the, build the the normal world more.
2: The store scene is great, mm-hmm. and the scene in the apartment at the end is great. Mm-hmm. The party mm-hmm. scene in the middle is the weakest. Sure. And it's also going to be the, it's, it's not like visually is, um, is not very interesting. I so like 200 meters
1: from my house is a ma- is a store that sells Halloween masks. And yeah, so yeah. in my mind, I immediately I set it that place. in that. Yeah. So there's a sort of front and back area. There's like a room mm-hmm. outside. I want to see this open fits me rewriting it, Sarah and Thomas are having a interplay that establishes them as characters and flushes them both out a little bit. In the store where they're sure. looking for masks, she's telling... They have a little exchange about what a mask is for, right? It's like, oh, I want this kind. She's like, no, we're going to a Halloween party, you know? You, you still yeah, got to be yeah, able to yeah. breathe, you need to... Like, she could talk about the practicality of a mask for a party, and he could talk about yeah, it, whatever, practically whatever be a mask is. for having an impact. Like it'd be a cool costume and people will look at him. Yeah, look, or oh.
2: even just like he doesn't want to go to the party. <laughs> yeah, right. does, yeah, right? Why don't you go to this? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. fact, he could say, I have a great idea.
1: How about, <laughs> how about Bill goes to the party but I'll buy this mask so no one will know the difference. <laughs> you won't know who's <laughs> there. Right? Yeah. And then they laugh and they have a little thing and then he yeah, goes right. to the front and has the whole thing with the storekeeper. Right. Sure. Do you right. think
0: they should buy this mask? Like you, you were saying, have him buy this mask, as opposed to the mask just chooses him against his will. It's Yeah, I'll, I'll say. I what think. What do you think, Mike? I
2: think that the hallway is a cheat. Yeah, I think it's a it's an easy way to not so have to explain. I think that the whole, just 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 the scene in the hall, just the weird hallway, is a cheat to not have to explain the mask. But I think you're cheating yourself out of an opportunity to really drive that drive Thomas into the concrete a little bit in that middle bit. Like that middle scene should be things getting horribly worse for him, and instead sure. it's a little bit because ambiguous. You the mask? Do you think? Or let's even, let's say, let's drive. say, I'm let's I'm say this. Okay, let's say that he that that he sees the mask right, but he doesn't buy that mask. Okay. He buys a different mask and his girlfriend buys the mask that she wants, right? And they go to the party, and he's in this shitty family opera mask, and it starts itching underneath the mask. And he's just, mm-hmm. like, had enough, and he's sitting there, and he's just scratching away, and then he goes to the bathroom, and he looks in the mirror, and he's wearing the mask that he originally saw in the, in okay. the thing. Hmm. And he's trying to. Then he like takes that mask off and he looks at himself in the mirror and he puts it on and then he pulls the mask off and he looks at it and it's the Phantom of the Opera mask and he puts it back on. And he looks in the mirror and it's the mask from the store. See, I would go totally. You off, know, so and right? then he's going and he starts to deteriorate over the course of that of that. Then you can have a sequence in the middle where he starts off thinking he knows what's going on and at the end of it has no fucking idea what's going on and then just and then. And up, up, up back in the apartment, and Sarah gets him home, and he pulls his face off. So you okay, want here's a, my really different middle. I want this. a different middle. Yeah, yeah. Middle. and I, wanna, yeah. I, I, mean, don't I want mean, a different yeah. beginning.
1: So I <laughs> want them yeah, to yeah, yeah. Like show the up, beginning, have an exchange. But I don't know whether, whether him say, "I'm thinking about this one. I like it, but you know, I should probably go with the more popular one." And her say, "Get whatever mask you want, right?" Yeah. And then has the exchange with the guy. Ask for the Michael Meyer mask in the end, and him say, "No, it's sold out." Then we cut to him at the party wearing the mask he wanted. Right? A couple of people are like, who are you supposed to be? Right? They have that exchange that people always have at Halloween parties. Sure. But if they dress up, that's something cool and original. Everyone's always like, what are you? And then he's eating nachos or he's having a drink or whatever. And he's like, man, this mask is hard to take off, right? He's trying to flip it up so that he can take a drink. He says some line that establishes this foreshadowing moment. He goes to the bathroom with the mask on. He takes it off and we, the viewer, see, but he doesn't notice. That is it's leaving impressions on him, right? So do then like when he gets home at the end, it's left a deeper impression. And then when he peels the mask off and peels his face off and the mask is beneath, now we have some horror. And it's a short film, right? So yeah. really your only punchline is that the mask is under him.
2: Yeah. I just think it needs to be, I think you're right. I think that's a, you know, I like that too. I just.
1: me
0: that you like the surreal space of like you go to the bathroom, you go to find the bathroom, instead you get lost in. So in here's where you have space. The guess, surreal space, guess, you have room in a feature.
1: This is a cold open. If you had 40 minutes for an episode of something, sure. But this abstract. is the cold open that just establishes. It's too
2: abstract to stand on its own. Yeah. Hmm. If it was an abstract punctuation at the end of a sequence. Yeah. It would work. Like no. if the sequence is long. If there was a sequence of someone traveling through a space and then at the end of the sequence is, is punctuated by them in this weird hallway and then they snap to it and then Sarah's there and, come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, that would work, but...
1: Take your hallway scene. Okay, so let's imagine it's
2: a party. I also think that hallway scene, you know, we've all seen weird abstract hallways, so... Sure. It, it, but here's it's this hallway part, scene. You, you know, could take what you want, which is this surrealism,
1: and what you want, which is well, some practicality and merging together. He turns the corner... He sees the hall, the bathroom at the end of the hall, normal perspective, right? Normal use of space. Then as he starts walking towards it, we can see that there's a bathroom mirror on the wall. So he can see himself in that mirror, in the mask. And as the camera moves towards that reflection of him, it takes too long to get there. Some weird musical cue, some mm-hmm. weird surrealistic thing. We are like, it takes you out of the party for a brief moment. As he walks into the bathroom, everything is black because the frame is so tight, right? Oh, I see. The like hallway something. is dark. Mm. He's like this weird, mysterious figure coming. Then he closes the a bathroom a, door and he's in the bathroom and everything's just normal. Just giving us something
0: like, about like the mask. Yeah, give you some lead up,
1: right? Hmm. But doing something big and surrealistic feels too, I, I'm always- it's too big. It's vague, and it's, it's a little bit arthouse. And uh, I think Mike and I are both gun shy about scenes like that because we both worked on a feature where the entire movie was in the dark. Sequences <laughs> like that, where it's like these surreal sure, elements, sure. and it and you can lose while they're visually super yeah, interesting. Sure. It loses narrative.
2: Yeah. I think, and it just goes back. I think confusion just sows boredom. Yeah, I think as soon as the audience is confused, it's I too long. Like it's too it's, long. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like I. Not that it's a bad scene. I just think that in the middle of those two other scenes, it doesn't sort of hold its own. you know well, I think the problem
0: like I think the main problem in some ways to me is the uh Just the, like the, the, the the Sarah character's tacked on. Yeah I mean, that's but in a lot of ways then, Thomas
2: like, also feels sort of like there really isn't a lot of anything. Yeah you know, he's done a super development. Developed.
1: Okay, for the sake of your listener though, what this script has done is done the right thing. Right, you started with a framework of That's your right. basic idea, right? And as a result yeah. of it, you can make another. Like you have, this is only draft two, right?
0: Yeah, well, draft one isn't even the same idea. But yeah. <laughs> draft one is like so a thing, but yes, this you're is not, not going to shoot on
1: site. draft three anyway. No, no, right? You're going to want to work it, so it gives you some good feedback for what we think is missing.
2: I think that it could stand to be. Two, I think you have two or three you could add two or three pages
1: yeah I think those two or three pages the are dialogue look,
2: between him and Sarah well they can't just be dialogue well haven't. but that's what I you, mean like wherever you, like you put fleshing it fleshing
1: out the first scene give me that the, like, give me a relationship yeah that's normal but interesting and then like
0: at the party scene let's say yeah um, I think you how know. maybe that's a couple scenes but nothing too crazy you you, but like, but like we move into um not this hallway scene but some other like uh, I guess you say okay little foreshadowing right, middle yeah. scene or something
2: what if they never even make it to the party
0: yeah they don't have to be at this party but like you know, maybe they of, like, get dressed the in scene. their you know and I think you need here's, to, you here's need a to carry problem. that
2: mask theme into their relationship somehow there needs to be another representation of that
0: well, well the structural problem to me is you've got a mask outside of him uh, on this you know that mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have Let's say that's the first scene. He doesn't have to, he, he encounters the mask, but the mask isn't on him yet. The final scene is he is the mask. It's in, underneath his skin. Uh, so in the middle, you need structurally a scene where he's again having a more thorough encounter with this mask. Mm-hmm. You may be right that he should be wearing the mask. Like that might be the more obvious middle. And thematically,
1: sequence. where is the? What is the thematic space that the mask fulfills? This is yeah. what I'd be asking myself. If Rise at the beginning of the right. story a hole is presented. That at the end of the story, the mask has filled. Well, then we have a reason to be you, on this I journey.
0: I the relationship in some ways, maybe it's more of the key. Because the question in some ways is like, why does he? Why does he need the mask? Mm-hmm. It's sort of the, you know, the, what let's call it the philosophical question, yeah. in a manner of speaking. Um, so yeah, I need something in the middle. It doesn't have to be them encountering this part. Of it. it has to be some sort of like thing where. Wearing the mask is a th- is is a, is disturbing to him, but he enjoys it, and then he throws away the mask by the end of that scene. So something, so he's wearing the mask. He has to. There's something that the mask gives him that he intellectually does not want, but instinctively wants, and then he gets rid of the mask. But then now it's too late. He's the mask. Like that's sort of the, like that's mm. I, yeah. that should be that should be the middle thread now that I yeah. think about it. Yeah. So that's I guess probably two scenes. I'm not sure what they would be precisely, but you, they don't have to be at the party. You're
2: right. It might be. I would have it better to have. Something no, else. I wouldn't. Parties hard because for parties are hard to shoot. Okay, we're talking practically. Now. And practically, yeah. parties look cheap. Yeah. Yeah. They're expensive and they look cheap. They're expensive <laughs> and they look cheap because yeah. you're never going to get enough people. You're never going to have enough to make it feel like a real party and feel because you're always going to be cutting a couple corners and next thing you know you're... So you sh- cut to the aftermath of the party. What if after the party's at their house? Or before. You cut to the aftermath of the party, sure. Cut maybe them the getting ready. And cut them, them to the People they show up and it. then people leave and yep. then it's the aftermath and he can't get the mask Yeah, on. maybe
0: they're prepping. Maybe it's yeah. after. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just think that... Yeah, I just... Immediately, I just wanted it not to be out well, of Well, that's party. one <laughs> reason, to
0: be honest, why I immediately went away from a party. Like, like it was like, you yeah. just cheat that there's a party in the background. And meanwhile, he's in this hallway. You but, just need a hallway set now. But Greg's right.
2: right. I mean, like, you don't even right need to right. have a right. party. You just show the aftermath of the party. It's, it's easy to make a place look like it had a party in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. But,
0: like, they had a party. Now is the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Extras are... You just... Yeah, you, you don't want to. You write them out yeah, as much as possible. Because you can't afford, we can't afford trained extras that feel alive in the background. Let's
0: talk about this a little bit. When you're a director, uh, looking at a script, uh, what are you looking for? Like in a sense of, what are you concerned, what are you looking, what do you not want to see in a general broad sense? You don't don't want to see unnecessary expense, one. Things that are too yeah, difficult to for as no reason. Dr- yeah, but from a yeah. But you guys I did a really complicated, in that sh- sh- scene, show, film we just watched, you yeah. did some really complicated stuff that was hard to do. There was simpler ways of doing it. But, you know, it worked for you. Like, this is what you wanted, it's what you needed. It's different though if it's not
2: necessarily worth it. I think it's one thing to have controlled complications. Yeah. and As opposed to complications that are out of your control. Right,
0: so when you're looking though, like for an idea, you yeah, know, generically, um, yeah, uh, what are things you look for? Like, if you try, you're thinking, like, I want to shoot that or I want to script with that, like, what are you looking for as a um, director? Is it just a really personal, like, I like these things? Like, Greg is always into you always talk on your podcast, Greg, about how Justin likes big things beside little things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's his art
1: composition. It's always big versus small. Yeah. But like... If I, I'm reading something... I think
0: thematically people have obsessions. Like your obsession, which is kind of my obsession too. Like we both have the kind of thematic obsession with the universe is not what it seemed to be.
1: Okay, yeah, thematically I like that. But I also want in, in short stories or in any story, I want the opening scenes to be indicative of the entire story and the end. Sure. I want it to be con- I want it to be right. contained Close, like um, and in full disclosure, I have yet to create a piece of work myself that <laughs> I feel like does it right, which yeah. is why I'm critical of it in other people's, right? It's like, you know, we're just projecting my own inadequacies, I guess. But I want something to be uh, that the constituent parts represent you want the that whole key in the start. I, yeah. I want it. I want it there. And uh, so that's what I feel like. If I was going to rewrite this, if someone's like, "Hey, we're we're shooting this in yeah. three days, rewrite it," the opening scene I would put in. I like
0: your idea for the opening scene. Some gap. Yeah.
1: That is filled by the mask. There's no reason.
0: You're right. It, the mask should be filling the
1: space. The you know, space. and I'm a I'm a student of mythology. I love mythology and big Joseph Campbell fan. Anyone who knows me knows that. But this is the story of the discovery of a magical object. Yeah. Right. Sure. Well, they arrive in stories to teach people things, mm-hmm. right? If this, is a, if this is a fairy tale or if this is a legend, then this mask's arrival has to teach the person that bears it a lesson. And he has learned no lesson. See,
0: I look at it like... Sarah learned a lesson. A, a she needs a different object. boyfriend, that's all. He It's a monstrous object. When a monstrous object you know, arrives, its lesson is that you deserve to die. And like the question is like, what do you deserve? That's so
2: he's
1: nihilistic... <laughs> yeah. Not, okay. That's, so that's what the monster teaches. The
0: mon in a horror film, the monster always. Okay. So you. let's. You say- deserve the monster kills you because you deserve to die. Okay. Maybe so you deserve to die for Thomas a Thomas deserves reason. to die. There's no evidence <laughs> I mean, in here. Yeah. yeah. Thomas
1: no, didn't right. do any drugs <laughs> or have any sex. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thomas has done nothing to deserve his death. Yeah.
0: Right. Sometimes yeah. it's just like they tell you don't go there. Like in Chinese Chase yes. Master, it's like don't go to that old house. People don't like when people roam around their houses. Right. People around these parts don't like you know, people <laughs> trespassing. <laughs> yeah, or, or, and, you know that's exactly But he's been issued no warning either.
3: No, you're right. You're right. right. It, needs, it needs that build-up. You need, you need to go either in either direction. You need to go either he really has it coming, like, say, <laughs> for example, Saw, those movies. Yeah, all the people yeah. that die in it really have it coming. Or you need to go in the direction of hereditary where nobody deserves it at all and you want to just emotionally damage everyone that's watching it as much as possible but, in order but to you know do you to deserve,
0: deserve it in like a moral sense it's just like but in structurally order, you do, like like right. Hansel and Gretel they deserve to die because they right. didn't listen to their parents <laughs> so here's a okay and here's a great so Hansel and thing.
1: Gretel versus hereditary hereditary is a feature-length film right where you have time yeah yeah to mess right. with the audience you don't have the time here hansel and gretel a cautionary happened. tale right which is very short yeah. but at the beginning of that yeah. cautionary tale the rules are presented that's the thing it's rules. all right rules and whether you have no rules presented yeah, you're right if he's presented he with some rules, rules. Ma- like if this is gremlins right like don't feed yeah. him after midnight don't do whatever the guy's like hey don't wear that mask. like that's not a mask for parties yeah Exactly. Right?
0: Some yeah, it could be that simple, yeah. And he's like,
1: Well what do you mean? I'm going to isn't this a Halloween mass story He's like, sure, but that's not a mask for parties. And he's like, Screw you, buddy, and he's like, All right, <laughs> yeah, that's forty four ninety five. Right? And off he goes. Right, and right. he breaks the rules, and now it's not a mask for parties.
3: That's interesting. Right? There's no character. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't know whether he deserves it or not. Yeah. I always love that. I'd
1: like it if they deserve it, and I like it if they don't deserve it, so that I'm like, no, poor guy. Well, even they,
0: I don't mean like, they, of course they don't deserve it often in the horror films, but it's like structurally there's a rule, they broke the rule. Even the rule is stupid and ridiculous, right. but like that's like the logic, right? That's the dream yeah. logic.
3: but there's like no logic yeah, established. Yeah. There's not an
0: establishment all. of the logic. Yeah, that's, that's precisely right. And you're right, he should be wearing a mask because that's his sin in a certain sense. Yeah, to not that he denied it, but that he took it.
3: Yeah, Like, like the shopkeeper tells him, like, oh, you know, that's really serious. You know, don't, don't wear this to a party or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. And he does. Yeah. Or the As, shopkeeper gives a him a history artist.
1: of uh, masks and their role in ritual and how amusing he finds it that, the only ritual people wear masks for is Halloween, and if you know, like, yeah, he yeah. builds a mythology that is. Or a couple he just of gets in
2: an argument with his girlfriend. Could yeah. be as simple as, you yeah. know, she like tells just, him, she tells him, I don't think you should take that. Yeah, don't buy that mask. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to decide for myself. Yeah, and you get a little bit of an undercurrent. Of, so this is the eighth time they've had that argument. It could even yeah. be
0: like thematically, like he's he he's acting, a, he's hiding, you know he feels about x around her yeah where, you know like he's wearing some sort of metaphorical mask well that's his yeah yeah logical sin yeah so uh the back to your this question though mike is like if you're like thinking about like oh maybe i'll direct this maybe i won't direct this like if you're like looking at like a script or looking even just thinking of an idea like what do you want what do you what is your obsession what is your thing that you look for does that make sense
2: yeah, I don't know that it's necessarily one thing. Where are the you know, things like things I like, like I. It It obviously it needs to. You know, I, I I need to connect with it in some way.
0: What do you find that, like is the thing that makes it um, Well, I don't know. I mean, I really but...
2: like. I I I've, I've always loved dark stories. Not necessarily horror stories, but I've always liked really dark. Yeah. Stuff. Um, I'm always drawn to dark stuff. Um. I mean, I would, I would almost reiterate what you said about, you know, I am drawn to stories where uh, characters learn that what they think the universe was is not the nature of reality at a certain point. But I like it when it's a little bit more, like, grounded um, and visceral. Sure. You know? Um, and a little bit gonzo. So, like, um, what's a good, like, you know, I love films where there's like obviously you just have a a character on a journey, but I like it when it's a, a, when it goes downhill at a hundred miles an hour.
0: Hmm.
2: Like Fallen Down. Oh yeah. Is a great fucking, you know, Apocalypse Now is that way too. Hmm. Not as maybe dramatic. From <laughs> the, the story of its filming is even more. But awesome. you know, oh, yeah. But that. but just but you know, you just especially the the redux because it ends just so like it's just over. Um.
0: of the whole world unravels. I
2: like I like an, uh, I like a feeling of unraveling. I like a story that unfolds as you as it goes along. It just sort of. Peels away and peels away and peels away, and you have this sense of getting closer to something in the center, but you really don't know what that is. And I really if I know what that is already in the first act, I am not going to watch. The movie. Sure, like you can just you just tell.
1: I like teacher. I'm realizing now as talking about this. If I was going to, I like movies as mentors. I like a mm. movie that has a clear thing it's trying to tell me, and I don't always have to agree. Like there's plenty of mentors you have in your life who are like trying to impart wisdom. And you're like no. No, and your resistance of that message can you know, create the horror. Is what hereditary is like, right? Like you know that here's a message here. There's a lesson in this, and I don't want that lesson. And it witch, just is coming no matter what. The witch is like that. The witch is fantastic. right
2: The witch is great. The witch at, is at the part best fucking like, Would you like to have butter? <laughs> it's
0: like it's so great. That's such an amazing like thing. It's like you know, that's what she wants. Yeah. And she deserves it on a certain level too. At the, by that point,
1: the ritual too, like uh, yeah, the yeah, ritual, the, cool. newer, the newer ritual. There's a few movies named the ritual, I guess. The one with the spoiler alert, giant god creature in the woods. I, 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 I like yeah, has, I really yeah. love
2: stories that have um, that have a supernatural element that is in the world concrete and and has effect. Yeah, like sure. one of my one of my favorite films is The Ninth Gate.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: I love because here's this like at first it's like it's Johnny Depp looking for this We sitcom, are talking about that movie, yeah. This, oh wow. Looking okay. for this oh, yeah, yeah. looking for seen this, that one. this the Devil's Bible, right? And you're like this is a bit ridiculous. And even his characters like Oh, this is a bit ridiculous. And then as it moves through it gets more and more serious, more and more serious. And it has a few classic European touches, but um, and then it just ends up with, like, a portal to hell. And you're just like... Straight up. Yeah, yeah. there's no... This <laughs> is No <laughs> test. No, hey, we so told no you that's when was coming, and <laughs> yeah. then it arrived. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. your own fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you, you know, think it's was It's got its moments of cheese, but it's it's a really great... Um, I haven't I seen the movie or, in a long... Exorcist 3. Time. Probably 20 years, but I mostly
1: remember hating the ninth kid. I wonder... I yeah.
2: Yeah. hated it. I never saw it. But yeah. uh, now I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Um, Exorcist 3... Is a whole film just about um, a man wrestling with, with uh, wrestling with his relationship with faith, having having his best friend having been killed by in a possession quote unquote which isn't ever even like you know you can tell that he's still made, he's still wrestling with that and if they made his it best today, friend were priest an exorcist yeah. and, you know, and but it's it's he's it's young. same thing it's just this beautiful downhill slide now the, it gets completely, you know, yeah, it gets a bit fucked up, but...
0: It looks like, you're drinking, like, some grape juice. It looks like you're drinking purple drink. like you Purple So I'm having some purple drink,
1: drink while we talk about... It's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, um... It looks like you're drinking, like, from a cough syrup. Oil. I do not... <laughs> It's just like the, the Listen, way of the balls is like. Tropicana yeah. is doing its best, okay? <laughs> They're doing the best they can. It's just funny. With the market forces they have leveling against <laughs> them. And this is what this drink looks like.
0: I bought some Tropicana, Canada too, so I guess it must be going good. This fuck is <laughs> Brought good. to you by <laughs> Tropicana.
2: What's your favorite horror film? Uh my I don't I don't I don't, I don't Exodus three is one of my but I've uh yeah. So it's a, have
0: you seen Frailty?
2: Remind me of Frailty. Yeah, I've seen Frailty. is fantastic. The
0: last shot of Frailty is terrible and destroys everything. But up to that point, it's amazing and it's exactly the kind of thing you're talking about. The yeah. 6 Three, like that whole question of like trying to wrestle with your
1: faith that yeah. you have been, you know. Brought yeah. in. Okay, I have a question. We're going to pin you down. We're coming back around oh, to yeah, your, kind of for, to your your script. What were you trying to say with this? In a, in a draft, as early as this, I don't want to have anything. To no say. bullshit. I, no, no. Honestly. You set out to write something. I want to know to what me, that's, you when in search of.
0: To me, that's about that's something you move into in, in drafts. I think I think in an early draft, what you should just do is take the idea, without knowing why you have the idea yet, you should just pursue the idea and just try to move structurally through everything. So we're like look through like the logic. I think like things like the themes and like the ideas and like why you're writing it. I think that stuff like just emerges in the editing process, uh, and if you just follow like through like the logic of okay, I want to end up in this space, I have to start in this space. Where is the middle position? Like I think if you just look through like the structure of it, everything else. will, So like what, where I screwed up structurally, I can look at now and think, you're right. Like he, I screwed up structurally. He should have been wearing the mask. And it, like if the mask is outside of him, and then the end is inside of him. Well, it has to be on top of his face in the middle position. Yeah. Like that's to me, those are the things I'm looking for in the draft. Yeah. And then everything else will emerge out of those structural decisions, in my view. Like I'm a formalist in a lot of respects. So I think that if you just get the formal aspects, if you focus on like the formal uh aspects of like, okay, you're gonna end up in a blue place, well, you gotta start in a green. But I'm starting in a red space, you know, what's in between those two? Like to me, like that's the sort of way I'm moving. And I think about like layering ideas into it in edits. Because I think if you if you start with ideas, I think you're gonna end up in a dangerous spot of just trying to say what you mean. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm in. I'm interested in the visceral thing that Mike's talking about. Like I want to be visceral and to like have an yeah. emotional core. And I don't think you can intellectualize that too much in an early draft. I think later you can intellectualize it. Does that make sense? It's so, like I don't have a thing. Same they, thing
2: happens when we're like when we're like when we're editing. But, but the, the film starts taking on themes mm-hmm. and meanings that were never there. Yeah, you have the, if this then the that moments. This this sort
0: yeah. of answer to your question though is like the fit in like the one thing I really did want to get at was like the 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 idea of like which is an idea I'm drawn to a lot, which is which is. What if a person realizes that they're somebody other than who they think they are? Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is kind of related to that. I, I think like the basic move in horror is you figure, realize, the characters realize that the world is not what they thought See, it was. See, so here's, my, here's some Here. of my processes. What, what are, I would what do is, is I would take
1: that statement, right? Yeah. What if someone isn't, or what if someone were to realize that they aren't who they think they are? And you put that line in the mouth of one of your characters in the opening scenes. You have the character express the theme, and then as yeah. soon as they do, you'll either love it or hate it. You'll be like, "God, this is great!" And if the character can't say it and you like it in the story, then it'll have, your story isn't gonna work out. That's a classic horror
0: story thing too. Like almost always in a horror stories, somebody expresses the theme by praising the monster. Right in the early scenes, like they right. praise the monster in some form. Somebody says something about like how masks traditionally, as you say, like, you know, bring out who a person really is inside. I don't think, I I don't like to do that a lot, but I think sometimes it does. I don't think Novell would do it here, but... I agree with you in the sense that... But then you have to ask
1: yourself, practically, what is the purpose of your short film? If the purpose of your short film is to demonstrate to other filmmakers and to producers and to networks that you can produce films that people would watch and understand, you have to use the languages in which those audiences are used to consuming in order to... Yes, you can make experimental films, and you have. Well,
0: it it doesn't... But like you say, it doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be like... Heavy-handed and obvious, necessarily, right. but I think you you do have like some sort of thematic statement at some point. Yeah. Again, I would just do I just do that in but, like early draft. I guess I wouldn't have a, something like that. Yeah, it,
2: it doesn't have to be dialogue though.
0: No, it no, it have to be dialogue. It could just be a visual image. Yeah. You often will see that
2: actually. It, it's but, stronger in film if it's if it's yeah. not dialogue. If it's a if it's an action or a movement. Then but you're right. Like that's what I have to do in editing is get yeah.
0: what Greg is saying is like get to like the heart of like what's the real. Uh, thematic core here and f- just
1: sync everything up to that and like now I'm watching like my I'm pet
0: my pet of the hallway is not working with that yeah the
1: left ready. turn out of this conversation is that I've been watching uh, against my better judgment I put it on mostly to make fun of it I thought is what I'd be doing <laughs> I put on titans like the new DC yeah right? I watched the
2: first episode the other day right first, the first way
1: better and darker than I expected but here's what I will say about that because we're talking about exposition mm-hmm. The, ex- the one thing that they're doing right in that show is none of the exposition is happening in dialogue. All of the ex- exposition of, oh, they have superpowers, oh, they're a vigilante, oh, they're a master of kung fu. Oh, whatever the thing is that they need to tell the audience, no one ever states it. We see it.
2: Yeah. That's a lot easier to do in a superhero show where... But it is know. definitely rare.
1: Usually,
0: is the weird. mistake is yeah, especially in TV, right? Yeah, they tell especially you especially in TV, especially
2: in TV, right? TV, especially it's like, now, like I my just...
0: pet peeve of the TV is like a CSI type shows where it's like they're like putting blood in, in a test tube and they go like now we got to put the blood in a test tube <laughs> it's that bad yeah. no so, for, for real they'll see it is that bad it, it is, is that bad, bad. so if we come back to your thing around and meanwhile they do it every day 27 times and they're explaining to one another. Yeah.
1: so coming back to the but you're
0: right there's not enough exposition right But uh, you can have a whole bunch of
1: visual exposition yeah. that yeah. isn't on your page so yeah. for example yeah. you're going to shoot that first thing in a Halloween shop right which means practically your crew and your camera are going to be in place full of masks which means the b-roll and the ability to cut a whole bunch of things that talk about masks without talking about masks is right there visually in that edit you could show a ton of the history of masks just by a bunch of cuts around a store that sells masks
0: although you probably have to check the legal of like what can you actually show sure masks yeah like but thematically you're right like visually you can really do a lot there but yeah, like when I'm in draft, like early drafts, I don't want to think about any of that stuff because I just want to like think like okay, what are my key like punt like punch moments? Like I want to punch a visual I I want to punch a I want a visceral idea here, a visceral idea here. I don't necessarily even need plot logic yet. I just want visceral ideas, and then I want to just in drafts. I'll see how I can connect visceral ideas together. Yeah. Well, like an initial idea of, of a visceral guy peeling his own face off
1: and finding the mask underneath. Yeah, the his whole the way. whole
0: point of the draft to me is to get to an image like that, and then I can just build everything backwards from right. it.
1: But like you mentioned, Michael Myers twice in the first part—that's
0: going to have to come out though. But you could
1: leave it in, and no, you no, could you have can,
0: you can you mention could it. talk about it. I like at, can't show Michael Myers' mask though. I'm sure. Oh, uh, uh, you to, can. Listen, check.
1: listen, listen, listen. You could have them talk about Michael Myers' mask. You could have the little. You could have them talk about William Shatner because Michael Myers' mask is actually William yeah. Shatner's well, face painted white it's just hilarious thing. right Yeah, and so like you could have this interplay between Sarah and Thomas talking about like well you know the, I always thought that Michael Myers' mask was super scary and he's like well did you know that's just William Chatner's face painted white. You know, maybe we all have a mask under you know, like yeah, you yeah. have that way in and, I was with the you theme. up
2: until you're It's a terrible line. But but, <laughs>
0: right? but you know what though? That's actually a good thing to do in these drafts is write terrible lines. Yeah. It is. I always see when I teach creative writing yeah. and dialogue, I, I say like first write a dialogue scene with no subtext. Just Arian saying all the things that they think and all the yeah. shitty horrible lines. Then you go back and you rewrite those lines to so Full subtext and they're not shitty. Right. But if you get the st- the beat structure, yeah, like if you just put this you know, the shitty bad lines, but you get the beat structure, like how that conversation goes. Yeah. Well, then you can even replace the lines with an image. Mm-hmm. But you know you've got the beat structure in place. So, like in the, in the early drafts to me, it's 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 mostly about like just getting structure figured out. Hmm. So I would not even I would even write a shitty line like that's right up the nose like that like hmm. like even just like I say like a real expression of the like like thematic statement like well you know we all have masks on the inside or something like what you know yeah we all wear masks yeah you know but um but like later drafts you just take that out
2: and replace it with something yeah
1: it doesn't take much to make someone scared yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah. well like the in the what we just watched the two lines that i cut out at the end Yeah, are the. But you need those lines in draft. Sometimes sometimes you need them them. Sometimes you even need
0: to shoot them because you need the structure of it. Yeah. And then, you know, in editing, maybe you figure out what you can lose in
2: the structure. But it's darker without them. Like, that was what was surprising when we were working on it.
0: I find usually that the more you pull, you strip it down. Yeah. And, like, just leave, like, the tip of icebergs, the more dark it is. Yeah. But if you start in that place where you're too minimal, it's you won't have editing choices. Like it's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's weird because you gotta show the stuff you're gonna cut. Well, so you even, script a
1: bunch of things you might even be thinking. You
0: might well, in performances, even that whole, so yeah, like there's there's probably
2: know. a minute or more cut out of it. You know. Hmm. It's fun, you know. Like the first, like the earliest, the earliest films that I can remember watching are like. Bela Lugosi, Dracula, and, like, the original Wolfman and the original Universal Monster movies, like, and I would, oh, yeah. have, been, I would have been super, super young and I love those films but they do everything that we were just talking about. Like, they... They, yeah. they, there's too much friggin' exposition, there's too yeah. much, you know, except... Didn't you know except, in that dark
1: house on the hill a yeah. man once murdered his wife? Except Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein
2: different. is very subtle still. It's still got some really nice moments in it, especially the especially When he
0: throws the girl in the water is still yeah. the great yeah. moment of Frankenstein. Yeah. Because it's just all visual of like. But oh, the books. Were she's visual. pretty. She's throwing the flowers in the water. They're yeah. pretty. You throw pretty things in the water. Like yeah. it's such a. It doesn't spell any of it out, but it's no. like. It's so such a beautiful like sequence. Yeah. I think they cut it out a lot of versions cause that was considered one of the most frightening scenes. And I think it was banned. Most audiences don't, don't want
1: don't. to watch a child die. That's just. Yeah. And Sweet I Richie, cannot blame as a, a uh,
0: you as have a ever seen parent look
2: now. I can no. Don't look now brilliant Don't Look Now is fucking awesome you gotta see Don't Look and Nicholas Rope just passed away yeah. oh really a couple yeah. last last week yeah Yikes. why is there a lot the, of kids dying on this film well no, Don't, don't, don't Look really Now is about it, parents that lose their lose their daughter that happens really like in the first the, few the, shots the first, it's the first fucking the whole, scene and, but
0: then the rest of the movie the guy keeps thinking he sees her yeah you know, and then it just builds to an amazing conclusion hmm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: well thanks though. This, this is super helpful guys This is really Thanks very much.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure to criticize you, right? <laughs>
0: it's always good to get criticism. and uh, It you is. Also, you just have to kind of figure out... One, you want to be asking people who can give you good criticism. <laughs> but even bad criticism, like, even, even if, like, you know, like I say, you just get somebody to read something and repeat it back to you. It's shocking how much you can learn just from that right? I, you some, can see what's confusing but you also you have to know where the criticism is coming from like you know boring.
1: you know mike and i enough to know the kinds of things we like and so yeah. you know which criticism to discount if the thing you want isn't like those things
0: well right? or even just like you know the biases and you know like what's um like i don't know like i know greg for example is always going to talk about the fucking here's journey which i hate and yeah, Me and David be... Annandale agree that Hero's Journey is the worst boring shit on earth. But, you're correct about, there's a lot of aspects of it that really are useful still. to Yeah, the same hard. way that
1: writing your first draft and putting everything shitty in it, use yeah. the Hero's Journey because then you put all the stuff that is unnecessary in Yeah, and you there, start stripping it and out. And then you strip it out, right? It just gives you a good starting place. And all it really is is a shared vocabulary. If you tell people I'm using this, and then they look at it and say, if this, why that?
0: But I know like Greg's... A good person to ask about things like, like, um, like he'll tell you right away, like, oh, is there a thing that is clearly, um, missing in terms of sinking the front and the back? Yeah, because I know that's like your sort of callback. You want that you big want on that, the echo, yeah, I'm big on the echo. that echoing, you know? yeah. You, you like that kind of echoing structure, right. I like it too. Um, I just like it a little messier than you like it sometimes,
1: yeah. You'll well, it's, your it's, it's like I said, I've, I haven't quite got it right yet, so I'm just. Until I do, until I think in one of my own things, I hit the note, then I'll just keep being obsessed in it.
0: I like, Mike's an interesting guy to get feedback from just in terms of the, I don't have a super strong visual sense, like the way, like, of course, you know, a director slash photographer might.
1: Well, and you also, Mike also edits other people's shooting and edits his own shooting and then comes up with the shots ahead of time and then changes his mind when he gets on, so it's like,
2: Yeah. Jesse, what do you, what do you
0: look at when you're, like, composing? So you're often looking at a
3: completed project, I guess. Uh, like Jesse did ride. all the
2: music for Love Song without having
3: seen anything. You yes. not seen it? Well, I did most of most of what you're hearing, I did, actually, without seeing anything. <laughs> wow. Because initially, it was going to be a 48-hour film thing, and preemptively, what I did is I just I skimmed through the script, and so you Michael, did based on the script. you did... Based on stems. the scripts and based wow. on what Michael told me, I just made a bunch of stems that kind of fit the tone, that I thought fit the tone, and I just sent them to them. Like, it's just kind of
0: instinctual. So when you're looking at, what are you like looking for when you're like coming, looking at a script though, like what are you dr- draw, looking for, trying to find in terms of figuring out where a sound or visual, when you're looking for Foley's things, like things you'd have to replicate sounds. Like
3: sound. Yeah. There's the practical Foley stuff. And then I also just think about what the tone of a scene is emotionally and textually, like what you're seeing, what you're feeling. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of instinct. Like, I mean, movie soundtracks were always kind of my favorite thing, so I guess like mm. it's just kind of an instinct like looking at the script for a love song, I knew I needed I knew I needed some really pretty kind of underwater sounding strings, and I knew I needed some intense like low end for when something fucked up is happening that can kind of build up like I don't know it's just it's mm. just kind of an instinct I don't really have a. It's like getting the tone of the atmosphere, like kind
0: of sync tone and atmosphere. Yeah, that's the other thing. I always am like looking for tone and atmosphere. To me, tone and atmosphere are the most important thing and everything else. and, And like the structure is the most important thing and everything else is like important, but it's fundamentally less significant, especially in horror, which I feel is so much about atmosphere.
2: Well, half of that short was shot outside of the day we shot. Because we had no atmosphere, like mm-hmm. we had the scenes, but all those exterior, mo- all the exterior shots, all that stuff was shot a month later. Oh really? Because no. when I got it all in the edit suite, it was obvious that we needed. It we be- were just we were shooting scenes. so fast, we didn't get enough. Uh, we didn't get enough coverage of the places we were. Mm-hmm. So luckily enough, I we just went we, back to the We example. still had access, so mm-hmm. I, I just went back and shot over two other weekends and shot mm. all that stuff but um yeah tone is everything I really think that everything in is like I because mean, yeah. it's what defines it's, it's the single most defining piece and if you have two disparate tones in the same piece that feels off like you can have you can have something that 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 You you can have a story that carries maybe two complementary tones, and they don't even have to be necessarily that similar. But you know, I always think it's funny whenever Greg gives me feedback,
0: and he's like, "It's not clear enough." (laughs) It's like (laughs) me about Greg is all all his books are like half the time you can't sort out the plot, (laughs) and the other half. But but the tone is like the atmosphere, like you know, it's really carrying even when you can't start out the plot it's not the focus like the focus is this interesting visual yeah. idea not like well i think what's it's going in, on
2: it's important to make the audience do some work i didn't you, you know because if they're not yeah, doing it like,
0: to get make it frustrating for, no <laughs> yeah means, you don't need right? to make
2: it frustrating but it's it, it, it's too easy for the audience to treat a film or a tv show or a short or whatever it is as a passive experience Right. And I feel like when I watch something, yeah, sometimes I put something on that I just want to sit and I just want to let it wash over me. But more often than not, I choose things that... And let you engage. That, um, that, 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 that require you to be an engaged audience member. Well, so when you're calm. talking about, about my work, the get. stuff
1: that I do for... Um, like middle grade or young audiences has to be like, so on the nose. It's just like, yeah. here's the plot and here's what it's about. And here we so when I'm doing stuff that is for adults, I'm like, well, you're an adult, <laughs> if yeah. you're confused, you also live in an age where every answer is available to you. Look it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like just look it up. Like if you're like, is that an allusion to something? Or is that like a literary reference? well, why don't you use the sum total of all human <laughs> knowledge called the internet, which is really available to you as an adult, to check? That's right? one of the things I like
0: about your stuff. It's like, I, I sometimes will have people, like, if I sign your work, some of the students will be like, why well, didn't realize something happened to it Like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares if you understood what happened? Like, one, you can just read it again and think about it. Yeah. The second time, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost always super clear the second time you read yeah. your stuff. That if, if, it's, if it's not clear the first time. And, like, I, to me, it's, like, not the significant interesting thing. Like, your plots are actually pretty good, interesting plots. But, like, when they don't quite clearly come through, I don't feel it matters. Right. Like, you gave me an early draft of Infinite to look at it one. Point, right. Yeah. And I remember giving you feedback on that. And, like, I was, my feedback, if I remember right, was like, there's a couple of places where I was like, you could try to, like, clarify what's going on here. Um, but, like, fundamentally, it was kind of the confusion sort of worked thematically in that because see, it's a time travel See, story. but
1: graphics, now we're talking about medium. So graphic novel is a different medium. If, if it gets, if there's a hard part at page 80 of a 120-page graphic novel, probably people will push on to finish and yeah. leave a little bit of confusion in that spot. And then if they get to the end and it's revealed, oh, I get it now, right? You can get away with more in that sense. In a film, if you disengage, because so many people treat I mean, it as a passive, it. but hold on, yeah. so many people treat it as a passive medium. The moment they're confused, they stop paying attention completely. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right? What's the most
0: common criticism
1: you get? Most common criticism I get is
0: about characters and how they're not fleshed out enough. And frankly, (laughs) I don't care about characters that the least interesting thing to me. Right. So I don't flesh them out that much. Right. And I always have to be a cognizant of it when I'm doing later drafts. My early mm-hmm. drafts are always... I literally use placeholder names. I use the same two names all the time in yeah. my drafts. And I always change them later. I hate like, character names. See, and the criticisms <laughs> I get are that
1: the, the themes, that the um, uh, overall structure of the events are too complicated, right? Like that I could streamline the events of the plot and still keep the visual impact and still keep the character moments intact and i don't have to make everything i don't have to have so many twists and turns to keep it's track too of moby dick okay, you've got a, yeah. you've got a good story in
0: there somewhere yeah that's what people say right yeah
1: so those are and that's you know stuff i'm working on now i'm keeping that forefront in my mind like the good boys project i'm working on i'm just it's just dirt simple Lush. the visual punches are the emotional things and i'm just like the plot is very easy this group of this group of characters has to leave this area in a couple of days, and every few pages, someone dies. Do you ever read Tristram Shandy? you know what that is? Mm. Lauren, it's one of the, an early
0: novel by no. Lauren Stern. Tristram Shandy is about a character named Tristram Shandy who is trying to. He's supposedly writing his own autobiography, and he. Um, takes like 300 pages to get to his birth. Like he's completely confident <laughs> his, about writing his own biography. And it's this weird comedy of like this man named, this ridiculous, over bombastic narrator who can't tell his own life story to save his life and so on. And anyway, it was just published as a serial novel. Uh, you know. So when Stern is writing it, it's like parts being published, people are criticizing it and reviewing it, and then he's publishing new parts. So at one point, Tristram Shandy actually like and he's he he keeps like digressing from his narrative, so like there's a black page. At one point, he's talking about like he's sad about Hamlet's death in Shakespeare, and so he like just puts a black page to like mourn. <laughs> Hamlet. Yeah, there's another page where he just leaves a blank page, he's like I'm not sure what to put here, so like the audience can imagine what they want. <laughs> and there's a great moment where like later on he's like saying, previous p- versions of this book have been criticized by people. I'm now going to pause the narrative to answer all the criticisms, <laughs> and he like goes through all the things people have complained about in his book and his previous, and he like starts answering the criticisms. And one of them is people say he digresses too much, um, and isn't you know telling straightforward events that the plot enough. And he says, but you know, his defense is that what a novel really is, is a bunch of digressions. Digressions are the heart of the novel as a form. Right. Uh, and this is before, of course, we codified like what novels are in right. a general sense. But, but
1: I always felt like that to a certain degree. Like, See, whereas film, I think, doesn't have, okay, maybe not film, film is too broad, but like uh, a short film like this, in particular has no room for decoration.
0: No, it's true for okay. sure.
1: But I agree with you in terms of like under
0: graphic novel and all. Like I like that messiness to a certain degree in the longer forms. Yeah. But you know, it can really... But it is a fine line for people are just done. Oh, yeah.
1: And I think you have to judge people who are producing work by their body of work. Yeah. Right. So while it is true of me that my adult graphic novels are a little convoluted, um, it isn't fair to say that all my writing is that way because when I write for a different audience, an audience that I don't have such high standards for, right? Like kids need to be
0: well, just well, presented Well, it. very complicated. Um, it's complicated
1: emotionally, but it's emotional. practically simple. Yeah. Right? It's a simple story, a little adventure. There's a monster. They hit it with a tree. <laughs> <laughs> to hit
0: the monsters with trees. That's the great way to... Defeat all monsters. Vampires, stick to
1: the heart, hit a monster with a tree. What's the difference? Speaking of which, should we watch that?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, talk to you guys later. <laughs> 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 Keep writing the wrong way.